All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Subscribe to the channel, hit the bell. Those things always do that for us. Participate in the conversation by commenting down below and, of course, upvoting the video itself. Before we get started, I do want to let you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. They sponsor John Garcia, who comes by our show quite frequently. And now we're in that little bit of an in-between time where the late signing day is coming up in a couple of weeks. But a lot of the attention is shifting to 2024 because we're at the point now where the 2023 teams, the roster is about 85% built at this point. Anyway, how you doing, John? I'm doing well, Stephen. Just like you, just trying to keep up, keep up with mm-hmm. all the flying bullets, uh, with our head on a swivel. It's it's a fun time of year, but like you said, it's it's turning the page while also being reminded basically daily that the portal uh, is is as frantic and fluid as it's ever been. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love the portal. I love the chaos it causes, and honestly, I like that it de-emphasizes high school recruiting on certain levels because it can allow kids to be kids for longer. Whenever kids have to give up two and three years, like age 14 to 17, that is always um, set poorly with me. That's a good point, you know, and I know there's going to be some potential movement with with how we handle uh, these seniors signing. You know, I think that's going to be a big conversation moving forward, and the portal is really the driver uh, for that movement. So if they have more time or at least – a more concrete plan going forward, I think it'll help them in the long run for sure. Cause there's no doubt the portal is impacting those guys in a big way. Yeah, it really is. Um, the kids will get to be kids a little bit more, but low three stars are not going to be getting those power five jobs, five, five offers in the future. Like some kid from Holmes County, Mississippi going up to Oxford that got a spot in the 23rd or 24th member of that class. That's not going to happen. Now that could help, Delta State, that could help Jackson State, those 1AA and Division II schools in Mississippi, but it's going to change the landscape, I think. Yeah, there's always a trickle-down effect, you know, mm-hmm. and then I think it goes it goes both ways, right? Yeah, it's, it's going to hurt uh, those kids that are right on that bubble, but conversely, if they are worth it and, and play their way through it at the smaller schools, the big schools will, will circle right back over to them and eventually want them as – portal or transfer players instead. So it all does kind of even out in the end. In my mind. Yeah. Anyway, let's go to the signing day in February, what used to be the traditional late signing day. I remember being embedded with James Franklin at Vanderbilt um, on signing day. It was actually that class where Robert Kimdichie and Laquan Treadwell and all those signed. So I got to see another SEC coach that plays Ole Miss reacting to what was going on in real time. But yeah, that no. day, that day has been de-emphasized a little bit. Um, and now I'm just struggling. What What is Ole Miss's potential for late signing day? It's not a whole lot, and, and that's congruent with a lot of top programs. Like you said at the top of the show, many have turned the page to 2024. All of them have really dove into that portal, which is still open for another four or five days. Uh, so, yeah, the February signing day takes a bit of a smaller hit. But, look, there's still prospects out there that are among the unsigned 96 of of the 99 uh, top players in the country for us at SI have signed three are still on the market so those guys 
are going to permeate throughout the country leading into February 1st. And then there's another tier of recruit uh, that is sort of that late bloomer, that emerger that is still going to be available. And that's where I think Ole Miss can make a move. They're going to get the last visit for Chimdi Ono, a big-time offensive tackle, emerger out of the state of Maryland. This kid was an Old Dominion commitment not very long ago, but after the senior season he put together at 6'6", 280 pounds or so, a lot of Power 5 schools, including Ole Miss, decided to jump in. Uh, obviously, Ole Miss has made a coaching change there at the offensive line coaching post. So the new coach there, uh, Garrison, is starting to build that relationship with Ono, uh, who had he had previously recruited uh, to NC State. And now, all of a sudden, Ole Miss is going to get the last official visit in this very tight race. Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Rutgers, a lot of schools trying to get involved here late in the game for Ono. So he'll have eyeballs on February 1st, where he has confirmed he will officially come off the board uh, fresh off of that trip to Oxford. Yeah, and it should be interesting to see because – you know, when it comes to the transfer portal and everything, there's, there's news and rumors. We did a show on Friday, and it's just titled Rumors, you know, because nice. they're all over the place. And in recruiting, like Ono does not need to fall between the cracks because if he gets picked up, that's a pretty solid little pickup for the Red, don't you think? 100%. You know, that, that position, you brought in good talent, Bryson Sanders, Ethan Fields on the offensive front but not a lot of depth and volume. Uh, so naturally, if if he is a bit of a long-term project guy with high upside, you've got time to foster that. Or if he continues this sort of rapid ascent, he could be one of the gems and steals of the entire class, not only for Ole Miss, but nationally in this class of 2023. And, and he's a kid who deserves some of that, that love and those flowers because he bet on himself. He could have absolutely signed with Old Dominion in December and could have been done with it. I think Rutgers had already hosted him between um, his decommitment and uh, that early signing day. So he could have probably ended up at Rutgers, but bet on himself, set some more visits, and has enjoyed increased recruiting attention, taking it into the, the new year. So, yeah, he could be a really interesting late ad for any of these programs that we're talking about. And if it continues from a trajectory standpoint, he could be a guy that sees the field sooner than we're all expecting. All right. All right. After signing day, where they're obviously going to turn the page, and Ole Miss and everybody else has been recruiting this guy. But this year, Centarian Perkins is Camarian Franklin. He's from Lake Cormorant. He's a defensive lineman. Mississippi Assembly Line produces defensive linemen. Yeah. Whenever there's a top-rated defensive lineman, you need to pay attention to him. Tell me a little bit about Camarian um, and what that recruitment looks like a year out. Look, 6'5", 265 can play outside his body is starting to tell us maybe he's going to work inside at the next level uh, you think of some of the great mississippi defensive linemen coming out in the last decade and we've had that conversation about several of them but at a minimum this is an ultra productive game wrecker he's already lake kermamount's uh, all-time leading sacker he's double digits every year coming off the edge but again has that opportunity to work inside just bigger faster stronger than just about everybody who is trying to block him, but he's still got that juice. He's got that ability to bend despite being heavier. That is really intriguing to, to focus on. So he'll be the commodity in the class of 2024, a bunch of offers. Of course, the egg bowl programs have been in his ear from day one and the rest of the sec has basically followed suit. So he, it's going to be an uphill battle against the, the Mississippi state bulldogs, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, all involved 
Miami just got involved late. Colorado and Deion Sanders is, is getting involved now. Uh, they were, of course, uh, on the offer sheet back in the Jackson State days. So this is going to be a hot and heavy recruitment uh, that has, in my opinion, some staying power. I think this thing is going to stay uh, very hotly contested throughout uh, the rest of the, the calendar year of 2023. He's got a top 10 out right now with a lot of the schools that I just mentioned, but nothing concrete relative to trimming his list. Uh, he's well-traveled, again, extremely uh, high-coveted. He's been to Ole Miss several times in, in the last year or so, including for a game, I believe, in September most recently. So this is going to be, a, again, a measuring stick. How how are we recruiting type of battle to track with Camarion Franklin? Again, maybe the runaway number one player in the state, just like we saw, as you mentioned, with Centarian Perkins in the 2023 cycle. Yeah, it's a big get, and I think it's a decent class in the state of Mississippi. Um, six or yeah. seven four-star mm-hmm. level players, on, isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's looking good, and it's starting to grow uh, here just a little bit. You know, I, I think when we we look back at the the fall of the 2022 season, there's going to be some players that have sort of played their way onto more major college football radar to then pair with the guys like Camarion who have been known commodities for quite some time. So excited to see that play out basically starting now with coaches back on the road and obviously playing out through the rest of spring practice and the camp and combine circuit. That's also going to get going here simultaneously across the country. So Mississippi is, is one state that we, from a national perspective, always look at as very good at the top, how much depth thereafter and the 24 cycle early on looks like it's going to have both great players at the top and some depth throughout uh, that's going to be beyond, you know, a typical egg bowl type of recruiting battle, which is always good for the state. Yeah, exactly. Um, now let's change the turn the page just a little bit and start talking a little bit about Walker white. Now with Demond Williams committing to Ole Miss, that brings a dynamic question into play that two months ago we weren't thinking about what's, what's going on there. It's a great question, right? Walker white, extremely familiar with Lane Kiffin, with Charlie Weiss, with Oxford in general. So he was really the guy. When we started to initially think of the class of 24 for Ole Miss, he was kind of always considered the guy. Bama took its shot. Other schools have taken their shots. And now all of a sudden, Ole Miss picks up the pledge of of Damon Williams. But unlike the 23 cycle, where once they got Marcel Reed, they were kind of quiet on the quarterback recruiting front, I do think you'll see increased effort to potentially bring in two quarterbacks for Ole Miss in this cycle. One, because of the numbers. Uh, Obviously, the portal could change that in a hurry, but in terms of high school numbers, they haven't been there for Ole Miss at the quarterback position. So I think beyond Williams, White could be not not only a nice second quarterback, but a nice stylistic counter to DeMond Williams, a true dual threat. Walker White, a little bit more conventional coming out of Little Rock, Arkansas. But here's the question. How can Ole Miss stay in this race? Because a lot of schools want in on Walker White. After Dylan Rayola, he's arguably the most coveted, uncommitted 2024 quarterback. Jaden Davis out of Charlotte is another one in that conversation. So that means Clemson and Texas A&M and LSU and Baylor and all these schools in that sort of Texas to the Carolinas corridor are going to kick the tires on Walker White now that Ole Miss has a quarterback on board. Bama has its quarterback on board for 2024. So those dominoes are going to fall and allow more schools to try to get involved. And sure enough, in the month of January, from here on out, 
White is going to be very busy on the visit trail. Five or six trips are already on the docket to some of those schools that we just mentioned. Ole Miss, not currently one of them. So you wonder just how much on both sides of this equation, having a quarterback already on board is going to affect this thing. Yeah, and if you look at the transfer portal right now for this transfer portal period, there's rumors of Walker Howard. Tell me a little bit about Walker Howard and what he would bring. Look, this is a big-time quarterback, one of the best in the country coming out last year. Obviously uh, ended up sticking with LSU despite that coaching change from Coach O to Brian Kelly. But before that point, Notre Dame, Alabama, uh, Georgia, a lot of schools were trying to flip Walker Howard from LSU. So he's extremely uh, coveted uh, coming out of the state of Louisiana. Big physical player who can absolutely stand in the pocket and rip the football to all three levels. But he's got this this kind of cool and stature and athleticism that he plays with outside the pocket that really makes him even more intriguing relative to the modern game. And those are the traits that you start to say, well, if Ole Miss is going to get involved, there's a heck of a fit here because he's smart. He's experienced uh, coming out of St. Thomas More, won state titles up there. Uh, so he's a guy. He's a guy who's got all of the things that you want in an elite quarterback on his resume. He just happened to go to a program under transition at LSU that brought in a portal quarterback and Jaden Daniels, who had a great year, and now he's coming back. So naturally, players are going to start to look around at every position, especially one as competitive as the quarterback spot. So uh, you expect a lot of schools to get involved. I think TCU has held the most buzz basically from the beginning because, one, they have raided the portal. Obviously, the offensive system is is convenient for, for quarterbacks. And then there's some ties that, that they have to Louisiana, not only geographically with their coaching staff, but with Jack Besh, the former LSU player that has already announced his transfer destination to TCU. So beyond the Horn Frogs, there's a lot of other schools in that next tier trying to make a play. And if Ole Miss is one of them, it would make a lot of sense. We, we've seen them attack the portal year after year. Obviously, Jackson Dart is coming back, but not a lot of depth thereafter. So you need bodies immediately in this uh, this 2023 spring and eventual fall season. And there's, there's not a lot of better pure talents available uh, than a Walker Howard. So that would be a huge potential recruitment to track for Ole Miss fans. Absolutely. And thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. It's everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you very much, John, for stopping by, dropping a little knowledge on us, um, and I look forward to talking to you again, bud. Sounds good, my friend. Thanks for having me. All right, man. 